0: Praise God. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. We are so thankful you're here. Got a lovely note from Sister Laylee Keys. <clears throat> Says, Dear CAC family, there aren't enough words to express how grateful we are for our church family. It's been such a long journey, but know the people of God walked with us, but knowing the people of God walked with us somehow made it easier to bear. Thank you all for lifting us up in prayer. We felt every one. The cards, kind words, meant so much to Tracy and our family. Praying Jesus will bless you and all exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. You're appreciated more than you know. Love always the Tracy Keys family. And we're continuing to pray for that family, the loss of Brother Tracy, and uh, I appreciate uh, these three ladies and, of course, Brother Justin, but I appreciate that family, of course, all the Keys family as well, Mike, and um, Shauna, and all all of them, Brother Bob and Sister Sandy, and and, uh, good, just um, Sister Tammy, all of the family, we appreciate them praying for them. Good to have all of you here. Great spirit worship, brother Vestal has been in with his family in Vanuatu, is that correct? And then now is on deputation and will be headed to Malaysia. I told him sister Connie Glover is uh, from there and she is there now. So. Uh, Anyway, um, we're praying the Lord will add a lot of souls to their ministry. They've been staying in our little house, so we're glad that it was available for them and they didn't have anywhere to go on this Sunday night, and so it was uh, great. They had to walk across the street, so praise the Lord. Let's give them a hand. Lord bless them.
1: And praise the Lord, everybody. My goodness, what a wonderful spirit of worship we feel here tonight. Amen. Amen. And uh, I have enjoyed myself in the last week and a half or so uh, that we have been guests here at uh, your church and in your lovely home. And uh, thank you so much for the hospitality. And uh, we've had different ones that have helped us uh, Brother Over has come by and helped us when we got snowed in the first couple days. And the water's helped me with the trailer. And, uh, and, and then I, Brother Joe Strand bought me some eggs. Brother Joe Strand, thank you very much. We enjoyed those very much. And we have just thoroughly enjoyed our stay. I'll tell you a little something about missionaries. Uh, while we're in the United States, we live on the road. And so... A uh, little secret about missionaries. We prefer to stay in like an evangelist quarters as opposed to a hotel room. So you can spread out a little bit. But not all evangelist quarters are created equal. <laughs> and I'm telling you what. the us If we had stayed a few more days, I think my wife would have put in an offer on that home. She liked it that much. The Sears and Roebuck home. We have thoroughly enjoyed our stay there. And, uh, and uh, just... To be able to relax and um, have, have a little time together, um, that's been wonderful, wonderful. So um, I'm glad to have my family with me, my wife, Jill. And you're gonna hear from her in just a minute. But I also have my daughter. My daughter has moved front and center. My daughter, Reagan, is with me. And then my son, Levi, over here. And he has driven the furthest to be here tonight, I would wager. He is currently saving up uh, to go to the experience at Christian Life College. And so he's working a job in Indianapolis, and he drove over here about three hours and 45 minutes or so uh, to be with us in service today. So I'm glad to have my boy. And then a good friend of Levi Reagan, his brother Alex, he came over from a nearby church. I'm glad to have Brother Alex with us today, (laughs) amen, amen. We are missionaries to Malaysia and uh, we are eager to get on the field and to begin the work there. Uh, Malaysia is ripe for revival. Uh, There are obstacles, when when I say obstacles, I mean there's obstacles in the natural realm, Uh, but in the spiritual realm we believe we have authority, that we have power and that God's going to give us the victory, amen. Uh, Malaysia is again from from a carnal human natural perspective it's a tough nut to crack being that it is a Muslim country Um, but uh, God has ways God has ways of reaching those who are hungry for the gospel amen and uh, we we see that in the example of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus we see it in uh, Philip and his witness to the Ethiopian eunuch way out in the middle of the desert. Wherever there were, wherever there's someone who's hungry and receptive, God will find a way to save his soul, or to save her soul, to give them a chance to respond to the Gospel. Amen. So, uh, there are challenges in how we go about doing that in Malaysia, but God is going to help us do it. Amen. Uh, I'd like for my wife to come and just share her burden and her testimony uh, God's given her a particular burden for uh, the Malaysian women, particularly Muslim women. While she's coming and preparing, I just want to make mention, uh, we do have a table out in the foyer and a few things for sale. My wife is very talented. She crochets. And so everything on the table that's crocheted, she has uh, done by hand. And uh, so that will uh, help us out quite a bit. And then my daughter has become a candle maker. And she's getting really good at it. So uh, what flavors do you have? Several delicious fragrances of candle are sitting out there. Uh, And so she makes those. And then something I'm very excited about. uh, I have just completed my first book uh, late last year. Uh, We sent it off to the printers back in December. And it should get back from the printers in about uh, a week or so. It's called The Way Back. God gave me uh, a desire, a burden, led me to write this book about a year and a half ago. Uh, It deals with the subject of backsliders and how to help someone who has walked away from the truth come back to the truth. Whether they have gone far, far away into like an agnostic or atheistic type position or whether they have just left apostolic doctrine and practice Uh, there's something in this book that speaks to why backsliders backslide and how to witness to them, how to pray for them. It will hopefully challenge you as members of the body of Christ, give you a better understanding uh, of, of backsliding, how to reach backsliders, and it's written in such a way that after you've read it, if you feel the Lord lead you, give it to someone who has walked away from God and if their heart is still open, if they still uh, will respond to the prompting of the Holy Ghost, I know that the Lord will speak through this book. Just a quick little testimony, Uh, my mother and father walked away from God about 18 years ago and my mother was an English major in college and so when I first started writing this book, of course there was a little bit of method in my madness, but I said, Mom, why don't you help me edit this book and of course mom's gonna say yes and so for months I would send her a chapter when it was completed and we corresponded back and forth and about three or four months ago as we were nearing completion of the book uh, we went to visit North Carolina and she told us then she said I am now looking for a church grace God <laughs> <laughs> And then since that time, she has found a church and God has restored her. And uh, she writes me just about every day or every other day to talk about the good things of the Lord. God has done a marvelous work in her life. Praise God. Amen. 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 So I'm. So happy about that, but I know it'll be a blessing to someone else. And uh, so if you want, you can pick up a copy. We're doing advance orders or pre-sales, I suppose. Uh, Any purchases that are made tonight of this book in advance will ship to the church when it comes uh, in about a week or so. And so uh, you can see uh, my wife or my daughter or myself at at the booth uh, for that. I'd like for my wife to come and share her testimony with you.
2: Praise the Lord. Lord. It is so good to be here. I just want to echo my husband. I so enjoyed that house. Whoever, (laughs) you would understand if you stayed in a hotel room very long, it gets small very quickly. And whoever takes care of it, I know somebody here does. It's just been so nice and well thought out and thoughtful, and I appreciate it. Um, We're going to Malaysia, which is... I think my husband's already said it's 61% Muslim, 20% Buddhist, and the rest are some other, there's about 10% Christian. 4,000 of those people have experienced the apostolic message, so not very many. Um, several years ago, we did pastor Mason here in Ohio for about 11 years. And at one time, there had been some terrorist something happening in the world, and I can't remember the details. I wish I could. But what I do remember is emotions were high. Americans were mad, and they thought everybody hated us. And I was headed into the grocery store, and just ahead of me were two Muslim women in Mason. It's very diverse. There's a lot of industry there, so there's a lot of foreign nationals. And these two women were in the full black, gowns and the, the hijab and they could just they just had a little thing that they could see out and behind them were two men and as I said America was angry then and they were being ugly just so ugly to these women hollering at them calling them names and in that moment my heart broke for them because I realized it's not their fault. They had nothing to do with what had happened overseas. They, they were just innocent people caught, stuck in a false, dark religion. And I, I watched them. and just felt so helpless for them. And at that time, I never, ever dreamed that a few years later, God would call me to a Muslim country when we were talking about it, trying to figure out where we were going, we talked with the Showalters, who had been to Malaysia several times. And Sister Showalter told me, they they were visiting Malaysia, they were at a Buddhist temple, and she went to the bathroom, and a lady followed her in and said, are you a Christian? And she said, yes I am. And she said, I had a dream, and Jesus was in this dream, and he said to me, I needed to find him be saved can you help me find jesus and i hear about that we've heard that from multiple missionaries that are muslim countries we can't proselytize there we can't hand them a track we can't knock on their door but if they come to us we can talk to them and so god to get around that he'll send them a dream and say you need to find me and when she told me that she was we're sitting in the restaurant, she's crying and I'm crying and I want to do that. That is my burden. I want to reach these Muslim women. As I said, 61% Islam, we've only reached .013% of the population there, 33 million. It seems daunting But I believe God's able. I believe there's, I'm praying for that first woman that I get to meet, and I'm praying for hundreds more after her. Somebody said to me, I've heard it, I've been asked several times, how can you do that? How can you give up freedom and go there, live somewhere where it's hostile to you, and how can I not go there? There's so, there's 33 million people lost, and somebody needs to tell them Jesus. We have some bookmarks back at our table It just has some prayer needs, a little bit about us, and I ask you to just pick one up. When you see it, pray for us. Pray that he will open doors. Pray that he will give me the boldness and the courage. You can tell it. Get emotional. Um, I've told this a dozen, a, dozens of times, and each time I'm just overwhelmed by the need there. I ask that you pray for us, and God bless you.
1: Praise God and I do believe that the Lord's going to give uh, my wife a great boldness and faith to witness to many women and because it is culturally it's inappropriate for a man uh, to touch uh, a woman uh, particularly a Muslim woman she may be doing the baptizing over there as well so praise God for that amen amen. And I, and I guess you can tell she is naturally uh, very shy. Uh, did y'all pick up on that? He gets that from her mother. Her mother was painfully shy growing up. So, uh, so I know. So for her to testify before you tonight is 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 a, kind of a big deal. Uh, but we go in great faith. Amen we go with great confidence that God is going to be with us. Amen. Amen. And we know that it is a spiritual battle. We wrestle against uh, principalities, we wrestle against powers, and we go in the confidence that God is going to give us victory in the spiritual realm. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for supporting Global Missions. Thank you for your giving and uh, may God richly bless you for it. I'm reading to you tonight from Second Chronicles chapter 34 and verses 1 through 3. Thank you Brother Shostrand for having us come and we have enjoyed the worship so much and everything's been a treat. Verses 1 through 3 of 2nd Chronicles 34 and then we'll look at verses 26 through 28 and if you would keep your thumb in 2nd Kings. 2nd Chronicles 34, 1 Josiah was 8 years old when he began to reign and he reigned in Jerusalem 1 and 30 years and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. And declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. What follows in the next several verses is the story of his restoration of the temple and in the course of restoring the temple they found the law of Moses and when they read the law they realized that they had been so sinful that judgment was coming and they weren't exactly sure how or when so Josiah asked for an oracle from the Lord and the prophetess Huldah gave them an oracle beginning at verse 26. These are her words from the Lord. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall ye say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard, Because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou heardest his words against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me, I have even heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place, and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. Now, 2nd Corinthians chapter 23 and verse 25 says this. Neither before nor after Josiah. Was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all of the law of Moses? Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on on this subject. The last revival in Judah. The last revival in Judah. Can we pray one more time? Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. It is forever settled. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that is with us. I pray, Lord, that you would complete the work that you have begun. I pray, Lord, that you would meet with us in a powerful way. As your word goes forth, I pray that we would receive it in faith. Let everyone step forward, Lord, and receive what you have for them in the Holy Ghost. And meet with us at the conclusion of this service, I pray. Give us everything that we have need of in the Holy Ghost. We pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the church say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Josiah came to the throne in the year 640 B.C his father Ammon and his grandfather Manasseh had been very wicked and idolatrous Manasseh did repent later in life but his son Ammon when he took the throne was fully committed to idolatry strange thing happened though only two years into the rule of Ammon he was assassinated. And so in that same year, Josiah was installed as king of Judah at the age of eight years old. And I'm sure no doubt all of the people of Judah expected this little boy of a king to just continue on in the same wickedness that his father Ammon uh, had Uh, had begun, and like his father Manasseh had done for so long. After all, Josiah was surrounded by his father's wicked advisors. But Josiah surprised everybody. He began to pray to God. The scripture says in our text, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. And so God gave Josiah strength and wisdom. And he turned out to be the best king. We don't often think of him as the best king of all of the kings of Israel. But 2 Kings in the text that we've read says neither before nor after Josiah was there anyone like him. He didn't turn to the left or the right. But he was faithful. 31 years He led Judah in revival. He tore down the altars and the temples. He got rid of all of the Baals, the Ashtaroth, all of the false idols and gods. The high places of worship that they had set up all around the city and all around Judea. He tore them down and completely purged the land of idolatry. Amen. And nobody saw it coming from this little boy. Everyone expected him to be just like the rest. Amen. Let me tell you just for a moment before I go on that it does not matter if you are a king on a throne or if you are a worker in a factory or if you are just a little boy, if you will call on the name of the Lord, hallelujah, he will be your ever-present help in time of trouble. God if you will seek him with all of your heart he will not pass you by amen the scripture says he that cometh to God must believe that he is praise God will ever even the dev- devils they believe that he is but you have to do more than just believe that he is it goes on to say And you must believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. In other words, you've got to believe that He is. And you've got to believe that if you will pursue Him, you've got to believe that if you will diligently seek Him, that He's not going to pass you by. He's not going to ignore you. That He's not going to be a respecter of persons and pass over you. He will come to you in your time of need. Amen. And Josiah had to believe that. He had to believe that if I will pray to God if I will seek him he will come down and meet with me and he will help me amen he had it all I know we may think well he was a king of course it was easy for him it was not easy for Josiah as a matter of fact it probably was a little bit harder for the kings because they had every pleasure at their command and they had a long history of worshiping idols but Josiah made up his mind it doesn't matter what my daddy did amen it does does not matter what my grandfather did. He had to put all of that in the past. He had to put all of that behind him and make up his mind that I am going to seek the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you, it does not matter what your family history is. It doesn't matter if your daddy was an alcoholic, if your granddaddy was an alcoholic, if your whole family's been messed up and been messed up for generations. If you will seek the Lord... amen Amen. and josiah he had to have that attitude that tenacity he had to make up his mind it doesn't matter about the family mistakes can't do anything about it now but as for me and as for my house and as for my kids and as for this kingdom as long as i'm on the throne we're going to serve the lord amen amen The most important thing Josiah did during his reign was he restored the temple of the Lord. For the first time since his great-great-grandfather Hezekiah sat on the throne, he paid attention to the house of the Lord, to the temple. And that restoration of the temple, it meant something in the spiritual realm. It was a visible manifestation of the revival that was taking place in the nation of Judah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the Bible says that while they were restoring the temple, that they rediscovered the law of Moses. It blows my mind that they lost it. They had one job, which was to keep the law. And they were terrible at it. And in the last several decades before Josiah came along, apparently they couldn't keep keep it on the right place on the shelf in the storage room. And over the course of years, as they neglected the law and set up other idols, they lost the law. Amen. But when they found the law... When they rediscovered the law, that meant something. It was a sign of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It was a sign that God was renewing His covenant with His people. And as they renewed their consecration, God renewed His word in the temple. Praise God. I said as they renewed their consecration, God renewed His Word in the temple. Praise God. Let me just tell you something tonight. In the spiritual realm, if you will restore the temple, God will restore His Word. Amen. Amen. I said, if you will restore the temple, and I'm not talking about a building over in Jerusalem. It's not even there right now. We are His temple. Amen. The Scripture says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Amen. So if you will restore righteousness in your life, God will restore His blessing. God will restore His Word. If you will restore yourself, if you will seek the Lord, While there is time. He will restore joy. He will restore liberty. He will restore all of his promises. And his salvation. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Every time I preach. I am keenly aware. That someone is listening. But they're not receiving the word. Hallelujah. The view up here sometimes, and, and it's not because you're hardened in your heart. It's not because you're resistant to the Holy Spirit. The problem is you've been told a lie one too many times. You've been beat down. Amen. When we start talking about the mercy of God, when we start talking about restoration, there are people that listen to that and say, That is wonderful. I wonder who he's talking about. Amen. I'm telling you, believe the word of God tonight. If you will restore the temple, Amen. God will restore his word, God will restore his promises in your life. Amen. 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 You look at the history of the kings, all of them in Judah. And you'll find the meaning of my sermon title. Josiah did not know it, but he led Judah in the last revival they would ever experience. He could not have known it. No one came to him at eight years of old and said, Josiah... You don't know this, but this is going to lead to revival. So keep on keeping on. Be faithful. He had no idea. No one came to him and said, "All right, you're it. After this, it's all downhill. And then Babylon's going to come. So do whatever you can. Nobody gave him a clue. Amen. He had no idea. But he was the last great king of Judah. And he led the, in the last great revival before Babylon came and destroyed Jerusalem. One man changed the outcome of thousands. One last generation of Judah was allowed to live in peace and security because Josiah was determined to reclaim a faithfulness that had been lost. Amen. You think about the impact that one Man had upon an entire nation because he had decided he was going to be faithful. Amen. He decided he was going to be faithful when it was not popular to be faithful. He decided he was going to be faithful when everyone was going the other direction. He decided he was going to be faithful when he could look out the window uh, from his palace and look over the city of Jerusalem and see idols everywhere and see people gathered around offering up sacrifices to someone other than the one true living God. He decided that he was going to be faithful. Amen. And because he was faithful, the Lord said to Josiah, Through the prophetess Huldah, behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eye see all the evil that I will bring upon this place. That was the Lord saying, Yes, Josiah, there is trouble coming. You are reading the law correctly. Yes, this nation is going to be judged. But because of your faithfulness, you're not going to see any of it. That was good news for Josiah, but that was even better news for everyone who lived under his reign. Because that blessing extended to the entire nation, millions of people went to their graves in peace, surrounded by their family, surrounded by their loved ones. Millions of them did not see any of the calamity and the judgment that was coming. All because one man made up his mind, I'm going to be faithful. Amen. And brothers and sisters, I know and you know that the hour is late. And the coming of the Lord is very soon. Praise God. I have believed that all of my life. And I don't think I'm wrong. I believe it more strongly than I have ever believed it in my life. I believe that we are going to see the coming of the Lord. Amen. And I know that things are getting desperate. That the spirit of the Antichrist is on the rise. And I know that judgment is coming. And it's very tempting when you see all of the chaos, all of the anarchy in the world. It's very tempting to just throw up your hands and say, well, well, what's the use? It's just about over. Judgment is just around the corner. I agree with you. Judgment is just around the corner, but it hasn't come yet. Amen. Amen. And therefore, it matters what we do right now praise god i said it matters what we do right now it matters right now and it matters in eternity amen so we have as the church of the living god we have to square our shoulders we have got to stand up against the wickedness of this generation we have got to be the church of the living god and if we will be faithful it will make all the difference in eternity, for you, for your family, and for people that are lost in this city. Amen. Praise God. I love to read the history of the kings. I love to read the history of Israel. But do you know what the Bible says about all that history? About all those kings. The Apostle Paul says, Now, all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the age have come. Amen. In other words, all of that history, it's not just history. It's a spiritual history lesson for the church of the living God. Amen. God is giving us encouragement. God is letting us know that there are going to be some Josiahs in the last days. Praise God that there are going to be those who stand up and take part in the last great revival before the coming of the Lord. I still believe an end time revival. I still believe there's going to be an in gathering of souls before the rapture trumpet sounds. Amen. God is encouraging us that not everybody is throwing in the towel. Not everybody is giving up. Not everybody is compromising. Not everyone is trying to find some compromise. uh, Something with the world. Something uh, to blend in. Something something where where they just kind of look like the church. And kind of blend in with the world. God is encouraging us that there are going to be men. There's going to be women who are going to stand up. And say, I want to be a part of what God is doing in the last days. I want to be part of what He's doing in the last of the last days. I want to be part of the last revival before the coming of the Lord. Amen. We are not alone. Amen. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how bad it looks. That was the mistake that the prophet Elijah made when he had that great victory on Mount Carmel. And then, of course, a very bad day the next day. And he ran ran and ran until he wound up under a juniper tree. And there in his depression and his misery, he said, Oh, Lord, just take my life. I'm tired of it all. And besides, Lord, I am the only one left who is faithful in Israel. And God immediately spoke to him and said, Yet I reserve 7,000. I have got 7,000. I've got so many that you don't even know about Elijah. They have not bowed down to Baal. They have not kissed his statue. I have an elect there in Israel. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to Malaysia. It's a nation of 33 million people. 61% Muslim. 20% Buddhist. A mixture of other religions. And there are historical spirits that have been in that nation for years. They're not going to leave because I show up. Amen. They're not going to leave because I politely asked them to leave. Amen. There's going to be a battle in the spiritual realm. Amen. There is going, we're going to have to do spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. But I already know how it's going to end, praise God, because God has given us authority. God has given us power over every principality, over every power. God is going to give us revival. God is going to find a way for us to reach those who are lost, those who are hungry for the gospel. God is going to be with us. Amen. I wish I could tell you that we're going to land and just have one period of prayer and fasting and then it's all going to break open. It usually does not work that way. It's going to take faithfulness. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take extended times of prayer and intercession and going before the Lord in prayer and fasting and travail. Amen. But I'm telling you, I'm not disappointed. I won't be disappointed when we don't see the breakthrough after one week. I already know how it's going to end. I already know that we're going to have revival in the last days before the coming of the Lord. And I'm going with this attitude, Lord. I just want to be part of it. Amen. I'm not bragging about what we're going to go do because I'm telling you, we are nothing without the help of the Holy Ghost. We are nothing without prayer. We are nothing without the resource of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not boasting tonight about what we're going to do. I'm telling you though, there are going to be Josiahs in the last days. All over the world, there's going to be some Josiahs in this church that are going to stand up and say, it's not over yet. And while, while there is time, I want to be part of what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You see, Josiah, he had a a very simple determination. In his spirit, at the age of eight, he had a certain wisdom. And that wisdom was, it matters what I do right now. Amen. I may not be able to see the future. Oh, if he could have seen the future and known the impact that he would have. But he didn't have that. Sometimes I think we read the Bible and we think, well, Josiah could have just turned the page. and He had to stay on that page. He was busy living out the story. So he had no idea how much of an impact that he would make. But he did have this determination. It matters what I do right now. Amen. I'm telling you, it matters if we have revival in this city. Does anybody here believe that tonight? I said it matters if we have revival in this city. matters for those who are strung out on drugs all over the streets of Newark who have no hope who people have written off their families written them off just about all of society has written them off it matters that they are able to come into this church and find a place at the altar and repent of their sins and I still believe that God delivers people from drugs I still believe that God delivers people from depression I still believe that he pulls them out of the gutter and gives Gives them deliverance from all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease, all kinds of oppression, all kinds of depression. That's still the God that we serve. It matters if you have revival in this city. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I see some of you here tonight and you're a little bit older. You look very Pentecostal. You look very nice. You look very put together. But I'm telling you, you didn't always look put together. Amen. You didn't always look this good. There was a time. There was a time when you did not know the Lord. And when you came through those doors, it mattered that there was someone preaching the gospel that will save a man's soul it mattered for you a long time ago and it still matters for all those that god will call to salvation it matters for everyone who wants to find jesus who wants to find hope and josiah said how i live my life before god oh it matters amen amen You haven't baptized your last soul in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You haven't seen the last one delivered at these altars. You haven't seen the last one filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You haven't seen the last healing. You haven't seen the last miracle. It matters how we live our lives before the coming of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I wonder if there's any Josiahs here tonight. I wonder if there's anyone who wants to see God's power revealed in the last days. Amen. Amen. God gave us the story of a boy by the name of Josiah. Amen. To help us understand that it doesn't take a king with all of the wisdom of Solomon to have revival. It doesn't take a king with the military genius of David to be successful. It does not take a brilliant administrator like King Uzziah. He took an 8 year old boy and brought about the greatest revival in their history. Amen. And what I'm trying to say here tonight is you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all figured out. Amen. You don't have to have all of the answers to every theological riddle if you will simply have the attitude that it matters how I live my life before God. Amen. I wonder when we're ever going to learn that God is looking for humility not ability, God resists the proud, stays away, but He gives grace to the humble. Jeremiah 17 and 10 says, I the Lord search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways. And according to the fruit of His doings. Let me tell you what God is doing in the last days. He's trying the reins. He's searching the hearts. He's moving amongst His body. And you know why you pull on the reins. You pull on the reins of the horse to see if it will obey. You pull on the reins to see if it will go in the direction that you want it to go. And God said, that's what I'm doing. I am searching the hearts. I'm pulling. I'm gently pulling to see who will respond. Who will obey. Who will yield themselves to me. He's looking for Josias. Who then? is the man that fears the Lord, him he will instruct in the way chosen for him. Who then is the man that fears the Lord, him will he instruct? Josiah did not stop all of the judgment that came upon Judah. After Josiah died, the Babylonian army came 23 short years later, leveled Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. Everything that the prophet Jeremiah said would happen, it happened. Just like the prophet foretold. But Josiah did do two things. First, he delayed it. He gave his generation a space of grace, an opportunity to turn their hearts back to God. Many were saved because Josiah led the way in righteousness. He just stood up. And there's something about a man who would just stand. Praise God. There's something about a man who will stand up and say, this is who I am. And I'm not changing. Praise God. It causes someone else to stand up. And if you're here tonight, you say, well, I've I've certainly fallen down. There's something about a man who will get up after he's fallen down. That helps someone else who's fallen down have faith to believe that can get up to. Amen. So Josiah with the way he lived his life the soberness with which he took his reign he delayed it all and many were saved because of his example. Amen. Many escaped the judgment that came just a short time later. And there's he probably people here tonight that need to escape that judgment because it's coming amen come to the altar hallelujah 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 come on if you want to be part of what God is doing in these last days I tell you in the Holy Ghost come to this altar and say Lord let it be me hallelujah praise God praise God if you have not made your calling and election sure I am telling you right now today is the day of salvation today is the day of salvation amen amen come on set aside every lie of the devil set aside every doubt in your mind come on and believe the word of god if you will seek him he can be found amen he that cometh to god come on come on come to the lord tonight you must believe that he is and you've got to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him Hallelujah. What you do, what you're doing right now, what you're doing tonight, it matters. It matters tonight. It matters in eternity. It matters how you live your life. It matters how you live your life before God and before your friends and before your neighbors. It matters how you conduct yourself. Come on, if you're cold in your spirit, let the Lord renew you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it's been a while since you felt the presence of the Lord, come on, reach out to Him right now. Lean in. Lean in. Hallelujah. Come on, press on in to the deeper things of the Spirit right now. Let the Lord, let the Lord come down. Come on. Come on, open up your heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Let a burden come upon you. Let a burden. Let a burden come upon you. Let a burden of intercession come upon you for your friends, for this city. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, the Lord is moving. The Lord is moving right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.